we just had the hottest episode of Attack on Titan, possibly to date. And unfortunately, it's a cliffhanger. But fortunately, you're here with us, me and Chris, talking about what just happened in Attack on Titan episode 75, Above and Below. Welcome back to the pod. If you're new, this is just me and my boy talking about all things Attack on Titan and reviewing the latest episode that we just received. Chris, how's it going? Man, I'm great. It was a really, really good episode, like you said. I'm really excited for the future um, of Attack on Titan, where we're going with this, all this good stuff, man. I'm excited to talk about this episode with you. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. I agree with all those things that you just said. Really, as unfortunate as it is that we got left on something that is so exciting and we have to wait till the you know the winter to get back into it it still is a really awesome way to go and there's tons and tons of stuff to analyze that we still have to or get to in this little installment of part one of the final season so i'm happy about it so anyway jumping into the first scene we have the jaegerists and hanji essentially tracking down zeke And the very first moment, I don't even think we kind of really get the scene set besides it's just a rainy day. We have the thunder rod going off exactly where we left off in episode 74, where Zeke does the suicide bomber attempt of kind of blowing up himself and Levi at the same time. When when you well i guess honestly man i thought it was a really cool transition between kind of seeing it from an alternative view were you thinking that same thing yeah i thought it was really cool what what they did with like the sound and everything of the thunder spear and how i can't remember which character it was but they're like oh it sounds like like thunder what was that and then hanji knew exactly what it was and it was that that thunder spear and just yeah, the way they painted the entire picture of, of how everything went down was super cool. What were your thoughts? I guess my one of my more analytical thoughts was it's interesting to see how close they got to Zeke and Levi, mm-hmm. just kind of going on that transitionary period. Of course, maybe it's not too far away just because they have to be close enough to kind of like get word back and forth between each other. But I just found it to be kind of a very, very rich scene. And even though it was short, it was so punchy. But anyway, so we can transition to exactly what happened at the spot. Essentially, we see Zeke, well, half of Zeke, the the top (laughs) half of Zeke. And it, it clearly looks like he's dying out. But then all of a sudden, a Titan, and specifically a female Titan that has a engorged stomach and a distended stomach comes over rips open its stomach and puts zeke inside and before then too we see this really really strange all black background with this one blonde girl as you know he's kind of contemplating his own death saying is he gonna die here sees this girl and then the titan comes and rescues him I want you to try to break down that scene as best as you can, Chris, as far as like theories on what's what, how did they get there type of stuff. Uh, so my theory, I guess I'll start with that, the blonde girl that I saw. Uh, my theory 
is that he he might have seen Ymir, like the actual Ymir, not Ymir that we know from past seasons, but mm. like the actual child Ymir. Because I feel like we've seen flashbacks of her and like depictions of her in past seasons, and that's exactly what she looked like. So that that's my assumption wow. with the girl. I, I don't know the reason why he saw her like i don't have any thoughts on that it's really like i was super confused on that specific scene and why they felt like they needed to show that right now um as far as him getting saved by that giant female titan i have no idea where she she came from i guess my guess is that she could have been a titan that levi may have missed uh when they were fighting in the last or two episodes ago but when i think about it i don't i don't don't think Levi would ever, would ever miss a shot like that. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like she was obviously being controlled by Zeke, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly where she came from. What are your thoughts on all of that stuff? Number one, strong take on the, that was kind of the spirit of Ymir that he was looking at. It was really interesting then in that case, because her clothing was very, very regular, just like a regular old. Mm-hmm. I think spirit of her called that Titan out to to take care of mm, Zeke. Then, wow, I like that. And Keep going, yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I could go further, but I think <laughs> literally <laughs> the. I guess the the next stipulation is why would that be something that Zeke would think about? Because it seemed like that was in his head. Either it was like something that Ymir put in there, or like he lit, like you know. He would think that would be his last dying thought to be that person, which seems mm. kind of odd. Yeah, that would be kind of strange, actually. Hmm. I wonder if we can kind of pin this on how they're all connected and like how they're always talking about this coordinate and things like that. I feel like that could also go into it, but I just feel like we don't really know enough yet to really figure out what's going on in this this scene. But I think this scene is going to be super important further down the line. We're going to have to wait until winter 2022, but I'm, I'm really excited for it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited for it too. Do you have any ideas it, on where that female Titan came from? No. So that's that's mm. the whole thing. Like I possibly from the ground, we've seen that happen before with – Oh, well, yeah. Ymir, I know, mm-hmm. I know that that's <laughs> very confusing using multiple Ymirs, but so possibly, you know, just straight from the earth, but that's obviously not a normal looking Titan by any means. So mm-hmm. it was very specifically put there. The, the good thing is, is, you know, we have enough time where a full, a full year and some for the big fellow to heal up and be ready for the battle. <laughs> but uh, another thing that I really want to highlight is the fact that we didn't see any of Levi during this thing. Yeah. And th- but there's some good signs, I think. Of course, the explosion is really not good if he was right next to Zeke and Zeke got blown like, you know, in half, even though the, the spear was sticking in Zeke. I think the really good sign is that those guys are going to be going over there and the likelihood that they'll find Levi in whatever condition he's in is going to be high and they're not going to kill him on site. They're going to take him back. So I, I believe that he has a better shot at surviving that than we'd probably assume. But who knows what condition he's going to be in, knowing that there's going to be an all out war yeah. that is going to be coming towards them. 
Yeah. And I think, like you said, last pod, we don't know exactly how close he was to when that explosion happened as well. I mean, he could have jumped off right, like right before it happened. We, we have no idea. So I'm in strong hopes that his Ackerman powers kind of tipped him off on what Zeke was going to do. And he jumped out of the way for a second, but yeah, I'm excited. Just like you, man. Very promising stuff. So hopefully we see both of them. And if we do, it's going to be very, very exciting. Anyway, jumping into the next scene, we have Yelena and Commander Picks having kind of a meal. Obviously, the meal is just a formality over a really intense conversation between, you know, the back and forth of you really just kind of controlled us by strong armed us and essentially essentially by turning everyone into titans or kind of the ticking time bomb of it all and i think that yelena is now becoming quite bold with you know they feel like they have everything under control and i i feel like that's quite that's a quite a good statement to put as far as all the military leaders are under the control of the jaegerists at this point they have seized control of and i'm not sure what specific area they're in do you know what wall they're under or in at this point i think at this point everyone's uh in shigan shiganshina where it all started yeah so i i kind of suspected because that was obviously mentioned a couple times one um you know with calling the scouts the heroes of uh you know shiganshina and them mentioning it a little bit as far as on the kind of the break screen. So I just wanted to confirm that one. It looks like it's obviously recovered amazingly, but a lot of infrastructure has gone down. And then obviously this is something that me and Chris had a good laugh at, but uh, they have marked the people with like certain bands exactly as they do in Marley. And it breaks down to black, red, and white. And what I wrote down in my notes, literally verbatim is, so black is normal, white is weenie, and then red is super weenie hut junior. So for all you SpongeBob fans, you know how serious a claim like that is. And I, essentially, Chris, I think that you'd be you'd be pretty good at breaking down the uh, the definitions of those for those who are just Attack on Titan um, informationists only. Do I? You want you want me to do the SpongeBob definition of? We need uh, yeah. junior or? Um, I don't. I don't think we need to break that down as as, as accurately. But uh, as far as what it, you know, what does it take for you to have a black thing on, or uh, you know, the differences between those? Yeah. Okay. So in my notes, I have white white bands. They're basically just proof that you're a Jaegerist. When you have a red band, you learn that you drink the tainted wine. And you were forced to comply with with the Jaegerists and everything that they said. And then black, you were a person who drank the wine without knowing a dang thing, which makes you a weenie hut junior, my friend. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, I think you got the order reversed, my guy. Essentially oh, the people that well no, so the people that got finessed straight up for drinking wine and you know said, I'm not rocking with you guys. But you're still gonna, you know, you can throw oh, me yeah, in prison. My bad. See, yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking the double dirty backstabbers 
And see, it's like they've already delineated themselves as like, I'm a snitch and I can't be trusted by either group. That's why they, they're not a part of the black, which would say like, screw you. I'm not capitulating to your demands. And they're not the white because they didn't rock with the, with the movement early enough. So it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm scared. I'm going to save my own ass. Yep. Just put me on a red handkerchief and, uh, and <laughs> call I'll it do a what day. You say. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, man. Oh my gosh. I love this. <laughs> the What did you get out of that scene, man? Out, outside, I mean, we've been having a lot of fun with the, the bands and they kind of do have some symbolism as far as, you know, Paradis is lurching or the Jaegerists for being so anti-Marley in a sense um, are leaning towards that type of philosophy. But what did you get from this scene? Uh, I got kind of a lot, kind of a not of a lot at the same time. Uh, first of all, the yeah, like you said, the first thing that I was going to mention was that the, the similarities to Marley now that they have the armbands and stuff like that. Uh, another thing that I noticed uh, when Lena started kind of talking about their their plan and stuff, it seemed like Anya Kampon didn't actually know what was going on. And he was kind of surprised mm. by what Yelena was saying. That was just my interpretation of like his reaction and his face in that scene. Uh, so I was really curious about that and if he actually really knows what's going on or not. But um, yeah, and just another thing was just how... I guess ballsy Yelena is now and just how she, it kind of seems yeah, like she, she feels like she has all the power now. And so now she's just throwing her weight around wherever she wants and just kind of just being, being the big boss around every, around everyone. Did you get anything else out of it besides the things I mentioned or the things that you mentioned? I think, I think those were the things that I genuinely just became clear to me mm-hmm. and how, you know, especially the fact that she is so emboldened, I think is a really good word for it. She feels like they have the utmost control, the Jaegerists. And so she's, she's almost boastfully talking about how, you know, amazing Zeke and Aaron are going to be. And not as much to picks, but a lot more to Armin and the rest of the people as far mm-hmm. as like what the game plan is going to be, which is a great transition because that happens to be the next scene. So essentially we have this basement and I'll just, I'll just tell about, you know, I'll say I'll mention the people that are there, but Chris, if you don't mind going into exactly what goes down, yep. essentially we have Armin, Mikasa, Jean, Connie, and then the actual group of um, the the Sasha's family. So, you know, her dad and all of the siblings, of course, Gabby and Falco are in other places. And then, of course, we have the cook who I'm not remembering his name. Do you remember his name? Uh, I just had it in my head. Not yeah. right now. <laughs> well, when it comes Nicolo. back. Nicolo. Yeah, that's his name. There we Got go. it. Boom. There we go. That's that's how good this guy is. He forgets <laughs> names so he can re-remember them. Oh, my gosh. All right. You want me to explain what happened now? Go for it, my man. All right. So we, we're in the, they're in the basement, and Yelena, Anya Compone, and uh, I think his name is Grice. Yeah, Grease. Uh, it's the, the fellow cook next to Niccolo who betrayed everyone. Anyways, 
so they get to talking. Well, actually I should back up. First of all, um, we get the scene with John Armin and Mikasa kind of talking about what Aaron did and what Aaron said and stuff like that. And John brings up a point that if Aaron was kind of sane, he, he wouldn't have said those things to Mikasa without a true reason behind it. And it kind of just tells me or tells us that there might be some sort of foreshadowing or something like that behind what Aaron said to Armin and Mikasa. Um, And then after that, that interaction, we get Yelena coming in and she calls, calls the people in the cell, the heroes of Shiganshina. And then she goes on to explain Zeke's euthanization plan to Armin Mikasa and everyone else. And uh, we get this interesting, I guess, reaction that Armin from Armin, like he starts crying and it almost seems like he like agrees with everything that he's saying or that Yelena was saying. Um, Oh, go ahead. Put a red handkerchief on my guy. Yeah. (laughs) Where, where is this coming from? First of all, from Marvin. Um, And I need to go back a little bit too, because I forgot about Yelena killing Grice as well. Uh, Grice kind of goes off on Niccolo, like kind of just bashing him for uh, loving Sasha and caring about Sasha. And then Yelena just pulls a gun and shoots him in the head. So that was essentially the entire scene uh, wrapped up into a quick summary. Uh, Jordan, I want to know your thoughts first on the foreshadowing of what Aaron said to Mikasa, if you agree, if you disagree, if you have any theories. And then what about Armin's, Armin's reaction as well? That's really unfair because that's literally what I was going to ask you, specifically about the foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the you know the thing that I think about is this. So Jean's literal um, quote was, "Do you think there's some sort of meaning behind it?" Mm-hmm. And you know, if we go back to that time, which was a couple episodes ago, I believe, Aaron essentially talked about how you know that he really hated that Mikasa was a, basically a slave and under control of, you know, her genetics. And, you know, she, she can't do anything outside of that. And also she's compelled to protect him. If there was anything that's in there that I think could possibly be foreshadowing ask, it could be that he's using you know, he's possibly using the Jaegerist the same way that he used Mikasa to do somewhat of his bidding in a sense, mm-hmm. but in a very, very more realistic way of going about it. I think it's a real reach and I really want to take some more time to think about that because I, I think there's a lot of half-bakedness involved, but I would say that that's where I stand on that one. Yeah. And I... And of course, this is all going to come back around. It's a boomerang, so it's going to come back around to you, but as far as Armin's reaction, I actually do believe that that's kind of on point for Armin, especially since one, we're dealing with Armin, who's somewhat of a pacifist. Two, he's also has a little bit of the influence of Berthold's memories. And he's always been leaning towards, like, why would we want to kill people? And there's a lot of damage to be done. And I think that out of all of the people to agree with that, it would be exactly Armin. 
especially mm-hmm. seeing him kind of, he's a nuclear bomb and the God of destruction in quotes. That's what they call his Titan. Yeah. And so, you know, as far as utilitarian wise goes, them not existing would save a lot of lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. What do you think about both, both events? Oh, the boomerang has returned. <laughs> hmm. Um, the thing with Mikasa and Aaron, I feel like it could be this thing where Aaron's kind of breaking that cycle of her being controlled to protect him. I feel like that could be one of those things. Uh, like you, man, I need a lot more time to think about it as well. Um, but yeah, that would be, I guess, the the best guess that I can come up with right now. Because I, I, I still am kind of believing that Aaron does have still have some good in him. And I do feel like there is a solid reason why he said those things to Mikasa. Uh, I, I don't feel like he would just leave her out like that. But yeah, you never know. Uh, as far as Armin goes, uh, I'm kind of with you as far as believing that he he would be the one to to kind of agree with all the things that have happened so far. Uh, and my my reasoning behind that was just because he he is a titan holder and he does suffer from a lot of the things that uh i guess these titan shifters have to like deal with with like you said the destruction uh with being controlled or somewhat controlled by previous shifters memories and things like that so yeah i i do totally agree with you with what you said and uh i i was just a little bit surprised by how I guess touched Armin was by everything, and also just a little bit surprised that he was in in such agreement with her. Because I feel like he he also is kind of a person who almost like celebrates life in a way and wants people to to have life and to enjoy life and uh, and just the I guess the the stopping of having Eldians of having children. I just feel like is kind of weird for him to agree with, but. That that's my those are all my thoughts on all that. I I do like the idea of him trying to break the cycle on Mikasa, but I want to highlight the fact that I think that she still kind of defends him in the sense <laughs> of she stops Armin from explaining to like Jean and Connie what exactly went down. That's in true. that conversation and why yeah. he beat the crap out of uh, Armin in the first place. So implicitly i feel like she still like cares quite a bit and it's it's not something where you know they can i i think there's a lot more to play but once again i think that this is um kind of leaking into the theory that i had loose theory that i'm still going to be refining so be patient with me over the coming weeks and even a year maybe (laughs) but that aaron is still manipulating you know the Jaegerists and Zeke to be able to do his bidding. But I'm now I'm not so convinced that he wants to, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything to undo what I've already done, but um, yeah, Mm. more to come on that one for sure. (laughs) So now we are seeing Aaron and like a barracks or essentially holding cell with Gabby And he's essentially talking about, hey, so there's intruders in here, as we've seen before, we've seen Pike, and he's going to flush them out by essentially getting Gabby to 
get over and essentially communicate with them. So the second that those words are uttered, which I'm super thankful that they were because there'd be a lot of questions on why Aaron's there in the first place if they weren't. Pike comes in and stabs the guard in the neck and then pulls a gun on Aaron. So essentially kind of like controlling the situation. Aaron is, of course, like kind of a G about it and says, yeah, you really can't kill me. So you better put that gun down. And eventually Pike does a switcheroo. So red band her and goes into, you know, trying to support Aaron and become his ally in defeating Marley because she knows, which is very valid point that once the Titans are done, as far as being useful, which they barely were in the last war that we experienced in episodes one and two this season, they're, you know, all the Aldeans are going to be exterminated. And I think she's completely right. Do you th- see any holes in, you know, her understanding of all of that? Or is it just pretty on point? No, there's no holes at all. I mean, like you said, we saw it in season or season one in episode one and two when they had like the, the crazy anti-Titan weaponry and stuff like that, where even the armored Titan was getting absolutely obliterated by uh, mm-hmm. this this new technology. So, yeah, you're totally right. Pike's totally right in in what she's saying. The yeah. And so essentially the whole premise is, is she wants to make sure that even though she's about to die, which is a really, I think, a kind of a might be a little detail, but one that we want to hold on to. So her term's almost up, just like mm-hmm. Zeke's is. And essentially she she also says this one thing that I think is extremely interesting as well, but she essentially doesn't believe that the founding Titans powers are good enough to fight the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that, you know, she's obviously quite intelligent, but she obviously has never seen the founding Titan in action. So I'm really interested in, I was really curious on why she would say something like that. Yeah. Do you have any I- ideas? unfortunately i don't i did have that in my notes as well like she mentioned that aaron must have something more and more than the founding titan uh i don't i don't know man it's it's really interesting what she said my like i guess you could assume it could be something to do with the attack titan but uh, i feel like even the attack titan isn't as strong as the founding titan or even the uh, the Warhammer Titan as well. So yeah, I, I do I, I don't know at all. <laughs> do you have any, any thoughts other than that? Or did you have any other theories or assumptions just kind of like baseline stuff? Uh, unless they, well, she knows about the rumbling. So she's assuming that the rumbling's not powerful enough to fight mm-hmm. the world. Maybe not all at the same time. That's probably very reasonable, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what she means here. Yeah. I think this is one of those things that we're we're just not gonna know until the next time we get a new new episodes and stuff like that. Yeah, which is totally fine. We'll be there to review that when that comes out. And essentially now Gabby's like, oh wow, these everybody is, you know. There's no love for actually the country Marley and she gets her good 
Eldian idea stomped out because finally, I mean, yeah, I mean, Pike says it, you know, there's no difference between Eldians and subjects of Ymir. They're all the same race and Mm -hmm. they all get turned into Titans and we will all get killed by Marley once they figured out that they have to move on. And she's completely right. Yeah. And Gabby, I feel like Gabby was kind of completely wrecked by that too. And it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those, the cycles that we've been talking about. And I feel like this was the end to that, to that cycle for Gabby for sure. And I'm excited to see, uh, I guess her new, her new outlook and what's going on and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. I honestly, man, I hope so because it's, you know, you run out of patience for certain characters when they (laughs) lack dynamicism. And maybe I've always headed out for her, but I feel like her lack of acknowledgement of the salient points in the universe, which is they are the same people. And maybe it is, you know, it's ingrained in more than just her. It's other people as well. I mean, Grice caught a bullet for not, you know, having the same type of philosophy and outlook. But yeah, it's it's really limiting to. Well, I guess I guess, you know, that happens in real life as well. Yeah. And I feel like she's, she is the representation of the, I guess, the Eldians of Marley. And so I feel like they can use her as the, the shifting point, I guess, of the rest of that race as well. Or I guess the Marley and Eldians, the quote Marley and Eldians. Ah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the high I, I feel water like, mark of sorts. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that would be a really cool way to do that with gabby just because she has been kind of annoying and not a a great character to almost to relate to or just a great character to 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 like or to be behind as well yeah yeah totally so hopefully she gets a little bit more dimension in you know after this experience but essentially we have now pike is trying to win favor from aaron and she's saying, hey, take me to the roof and I'll point out my comrades. And of course, on her way there, we see Gilliard in, you know, perfect, like broad daylight. And so we think there's something up. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you caught from that, you know, scene? Because sometimes you catch details that I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to me when... Pike asked Aaron about Zeke's like special power and if he knew about it and knew how it worked and he didn't. And I'm just super surprised that Zeke and Aaron haven't talked about that yet and how they've gotten this far without explaining to each other like what Zeke's actual power is. It blows my mind that Aaron would trust him even if he didn't tell him what exactly was going on. That was the big thing that I that I caught. And it almost seemed like Aaron didn't know that Zeke had royal blood even. I think he did because he saw Grisha's memories, though. Oh, that's true. But would Grisha so, even know? Yeah, because uh, you remember his wife was a... Yeah. Was but a I'm wondering, yeah, but I'm wondering if Grisha even knew if his wife had royal blood. I Okay, so maybe he didn't. He might not have, but Aaron knew that that woman had royal blood. Because that was oh, the Titan yeah. that he, True. so I think I think he was certain about that. But that still doesn't. I mean, you know, this was actually episode four of this season. Talked about how 
Zeke had special properties to his blood. Mm-hmm. They love mm-hmm. dangling these things in front of our faces um, and then bringing them back. It's like yeah. the whole like classic. It's a really popular thing that comedians do, which is like a callback to something that was earlier, you know, happened earlier. And here we are with one. And yeah, I find it very interesting that this is talked about. But to give them the benefit of benefit of the doubt, they also would have met in marley so that's why i imagine they wouldn't have had a lot of time to talk about everything Mm, that's true but even then i feel like yeah i guess you're right i'm just trying to i guess play devil's devil's advocate a little bit and just trying to figure out why but yeah it just i don't know it just is really confusing to me why he doesn't know zeke's full story yet but that could be the reason why Zeke. Remember last episode when Zeke said we shouldn't touch hands right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that's part of it as well. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many little bits of detail and little things that we could go and explore and try to fact check as far as the consistency of the history of it all. It's it's almost exhaustive because there's Dude. so many little instances of this stuff. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) But before we get exhausted out on this one little detail, we essentially get to the roof and this is where um, above and below actually comes perfectly into play um, because it's describing my nipples, which are above and then (laughs) which are hard. And then it happens to be that below there's something hard as well. And it is so hot and so great when we see, you know, this big kind of huge standoff between Pike, who's chained to Gabby so that she won't turn into a Titan because Gabby's going to get blown apart. And then Aaron standing there. And then, of course, we see the jaw Titan as Pike is pointing to Aaron, the jaw Titan come up and try to you know, obviously eat Aaron. He jumps out nick of time. And now it's literally, we're thinking, oh, this is a crazy fight in the town. We have Pike, we have Gilliard. And then all of a sudden you got to think, where's Reiner at? Mm-hmm. And then these dudes come in in a fleet of five blimps. And also, man, I found it really interesting too, because it's like, number one, I guess they had enough intel to know what type of soldier to bring there as far as you know five blimps and you don't have access to zeke's power so that means that those blimps aren't filled with titans and also i think i saw colt in there as well yeah he was there you saw that too yeah and so i mean that that's like implicitly heavy because that means that you know of course he's a good warrior and a good kind of leader but that means that they're intending to you know take back a Titan power from Aaron or Zeke during this time, or maybe even Armin, who knows? Mm -hmm. And then also a little fun fact, man, blimps can only travel around 150 to 200 miles per day. So that might mean that, I mean, it definitely means that Marley and Paradis are 200 miles apart at the most, Mm -hmm. which is really, really, really close, man. Yeah, it's That's super crazy. close. I feel like we've kind of had an idea of how close they were, but I I didn't realize that they would be that close to each other. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. What, what were you getting out of that scene the most? Like what, obviously there's a lot going on, but what was, what was going through your head seeing those things? Hmm. Um, I guess the f- first thing that was going through my head was like, oh, here we go. It's about to go down. And then we get the to be continued. That was utter disappointment, hurt. sadness. Uh, but man, it was it was incredibly hyped and so well done. Like the music and everything, how it was swelling and all that stuff. It was man, it was super cool. And it was cool to see finally some something like some emotion out of Aaron, like something I guess something familiar out of Aaron that we haven't seen in a long time. And when he sees those blimps, then he's like, all right, Ryder, let's let's do this. Like it just brought back so many like just good feels for Aaron and stuff like that. And it also mm-hmm. gave me some hope that Aaron isn't really going with Zeke's plan, which is also super, super cool to me and super exciting for me as well. Uh, as far as the people on the blimp, or I guess the blimps are just the one blimp that we saw. I, I was kind of, I was definitely expecting Reiner to be on there. Uh, Colt. Yeah. I think, I don't know if he's going to be, very important or not uh but then again like he's been zeke's right hand man for so long that he could come in to be something someone or something really important uh but yeah that's i feel like that's basically about it i mean it was crazy crazy to see aaron get his legs eaten off for a sec but man next next season is gonna be crazy what were all your thoughts and emotions Man, I, it was tons and tons and tons of excitement and just, you know, really ready and raring to go because it's everyone's showed up to the dance at this point right now. Mm-hmm. I can't, I mean, short of Levi and Zeke, but we'll, I'm sure we'll be seeing them soon. And I think that Aaron at this point, we've been long awaiting to see his newfound powers. And I think that he has, you know, as much resolve as they come at this point, especially fighting in his home turf. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see the three on one situation, which is probably a fair fight at this point. And granted, the Jaegerists will be involved. And even though I don't think that they have really, really highly skilled warriors with them, being that they're kind of reservists and the new kids on the block short of flock and a few others i still think that they'll be a factor in a battle mm-hmm. between titans and i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out for sure yeah i i'm excited slash curious to see how mikasa and armin and john and connie and those guys i'm curious to see like when slash if they get out of that prison who they're gonna side with and like what exactly their their ultimate goal is going to be now that that everything has happened yeah it's kind of like a uh it's like a who stole first or third version of your enemy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm-hmm. but that friend who happens to be Aaron is also my enemy yeah so it's it's going to be really interesting to see i think that they won't get let out necessarily until after unless there's some sort of crash and stuff. And even then I think that I'd rather roll the dice with, you know, further a destruction further on down the road than imminent destruction mm-hmm. with the attack on Marley. 
yeah. of Marley, but <laughs> very, very exciting to see such a very such a picturesque like face off, but it's just a heartbreaker that we gotta wait quite a bit of time before we get to dip our toes in that. Yeah. Yeah. But it gives us gives us more things to talk about, <clears throat> more things to speculate as well. So man, I was just really wishing we get a little bit, like a little, just the just a little taste of what the fight was gonna be like. But we're gonna yeah, have to wait. Or just just give us kind of like a oh yeah, this is what you're gonna be expecting or can <laughs> expect, you know, in the future. We didn't get anything. So they're pretty playing it close to the chest. But that's okay because we're here to speculate and mm-hmm. hypothesize anyway. Dude, I had one more question for you. Aaron's Titan. Did you is that what you expected him to look like, or did you expect him to look a little bit different? Honestly, I didn't see. I mean, maybe he was a little more ripped, but I didn't mm-hmm. see anything different. Besides, his eyes were a little glossed over, but we've seen that before when he was in Marley. Yeah. So that, yeah. nothing was too crazy. To be I was, honest. Yeah. I was just wondering if he would have any resemblance of the the Warhammer Titan, especially after eating it. So like I thought he would have some type of body armor or something like that. Like I thought he was gonna look some some crazy type of Titan that we've never even thought of, but yeah. No, he's he's kind of just the same, man. Mm-hmm. And I think that that also might help him because it will play to his strengths as far as the element of surprise. The Marley has only seen the Warhammer Titan once, mm-hmm. and that was then kind of like a really interesting, peculiar battle that it felt like it went by quick. Yeah. And so not showing all of those powers just yet, even if it's just like visual, is probably better off for Aaron than if he was like D up immediately. So I think we'll still see tons of those powers, but we are going to be surprised just as Marley is going to be surprised when they go ahead to head. Yeah. Well, do you want to theorize for, Oh man, for a year from now or should that's a long shot. (laughs) It's so tough. I think a year from now. Well, I mean, we've kind of mentioned a lot of the things, but on a wish list, I think that's probably a little bit more appropriate. Yeah. I think that we are going to finally see, or I wish, that we will see who that girl that Zeke was imagining was, why that Titan went up and rescued him, what shape is Levi in, how is Aaron going to fight three Titans on one with some help of some peons, (laughs) and also when are we going to get the chance to see Aaron and Zeke together because I feel like that'll be a for sure tell all. And also are any other nations going to get involved while we're here or is it going to be the ones, you know, everyone at the party now is going to stay. Those are the things that I'm curious about. What about you, man? Uh, My wish list, the first part of my wish list is the same as yours. I want to know about that, that girl. I want to know if Levi's okay. I'm really hoping he's okay. Because I want him okay enough to be able to to battle and to fight. Yes. (laughs) Like, oh, man, if I don't get to see another Levi, like, crazy action scene, I might cry. And it's it's not only that, too, because it's like we've never seen Levi against the cart titan or, you know, the armor titan, I believe. We haven't seen him fight Reiner. And 
like the jaw titan which i would love to see the jaw titan the most athletic and quick titan against oh, levi wow. the most athletic and quick like living thing in <laughs> the whole universe it's like the the debates of kobe versus jordan stuff like that like i feel like that would answer mm-hmm. the, the levi versus versus all question yeah at oh, the same man. time yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really, I really want to see what's going on with Falco and why he's such a, a central figure in in the intros and outros. Uh, my wish list for Gabby is that she would just become more, more, more than a one dimensional character. Uh, and yeah, my, I'm just wishing for a lot of Titan action, a lot of Titan knowledge as well, as far as like how they came to be. What was that thing that Ymir touched? Uh, that something that she touched that we talked about last week. Um, and yeah, it just just more Attack on Titan goodness and juicy, juicy things to talk about. Man, that sounds like a hell of a wish list. And hopefully, I mean, it will be winter by the next time that we that we get a hold of this stuff. So yeah, let's just be extra good, and hopefully, we'll get supplied with what we deserve. Yeah, I'll begin my my Hanjay studies on for sure. As yeah, well. bro. Yeah, I'm coming yeah, back. Don't slack on those. Coming yeah. back. <laughs> the uh, the amazing thing is that we'll be there when it comes back on. And if you guys enjoy this, we're going to be doing this stuff for other series and diving into some of the fun things of the universe of Attack on Titan and you know more anime. And this form of podcast will be here. It might be on a different channel. Or different podcast itself but if you enjoyed this please interact with us in some sort of way because we love and feed off of that stuff or you know tell us all your ideas on this whole thing but once again chris thank you for being an excellent host and if you have anything to say man on this last episode of attack on titan for a long time now's the time to say it bye i'm just playing <laughs> <There you go. laughs> <laughs> no, this has been a super, super fun ride uh, for me personally. It's just this is the first time I've ever done any type of like podcasting or anything like that. So it's been a blast and I've enjoyed, literally enjoyed every single moment of it with you, Jordan, and with the listeners. And I'm really excited for what you and I have for the future and especially excited for this this new second half of the season as well, where we get to <clears throat> to come back in and start talking about this 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 show that we have grown to love so much and to enjoy so till next time guys thank you so much i think that was well said so i'm gonna leave it at that thanks everybody peace thank you 